Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, the Roots Bay Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcome on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Lockout and What Comes Next, and ask me questions if I was confusing. I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's a lockout. And I don't know if you guys have heard, but it's not going well. Uh, somebody was commenting about, well, one time I ended up going to mediation. And after an hour and a half of getting yelled at, I decided I was going to divorce my wife. Well, it doesn't sound as if the mediation is going to happen. Instead, it sounds like they're going to really, 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 really slowly pull off the Band-Aid. And this might take a while. What was the Snickers ad? Yeah, yeah, you're not going anywhere for a while, are you? Here, have a Snickers. Um, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. I have no idea how long. I have no idea how quickly the game will rebound as far as um, if it is agreed to on, oh, let's pick some date, March 19th, they agree on March 19th, okay, well, when does that mean spring training would open, when does that mean player signings would start, all that kind of stuff, whole bunch of questions, that, that's completely, 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 completely down the line, might even want to start talking about that once the two sides have agreed on anything, which as of yet, they have not. So we have a lockout now. It is a wonderfully um, dysfunctional lockout, and <sighs> players are taking to Twitter. <coughs> MLB credentialed media types are taking to Twitter. And they are both telling their side. And I tend to believe the players a bit more than I believe water carriers. But what we're going to have is a while where there is no Major League Baseball action at all whatsoever. And there will be some people who will erroneously say there is no baseball. That is not accurate. There is baseball. Today is Saturday the 15th? No, the 5th. Saturday the 5th of February. Something like I think I'm right. I think I'm right. Sa Saturday the 5th of February. On Friday the 18th of February, Division I baseball games begin or resume, however you want to look at it. Smaller levels of competition have already begun. Cam Collier, who is at Chipola College and very well might be considered for the Cubs selection at 1.7, has already begun. And I didn't see it. He's done this weekend yet. I haven't checked yet. Um, but assessing talent properly at whatever levels there are, probably would be a wise thing for MLB organizations to do 
especially since they really don't have a whole lot else to do right now. So, since you are listening to this podcast, you are probably a bit of a baseball fan. Might not qualify in every case, but um, let's just go out on that big long limb and think that, yeah, baseball kind of something that you might kind of occasionally do. Especially stuff that is Cubs related. Chicago Cubs, Chicago Cubs minor league pipeline, all that kind of stuff. Well, Chicago Cubs minor league pipeline is not going to start playing games until April 5th. Or is it April 8th? It's something like that. April 5th, April 8th. Those cold weather cities, early April, that ain't going to be much of baseball. It's, uh... Pay attention to Tennessee Smokies in AA. Pay attention to Myrtle Beach Pelicans in low A. The weather there is going to be temperate enough so there will actually be able to be the pitchers being able to feel the baseball, which is usually kind of a good thing for having quality representational baseball. But in February, February 18th, there will be Division I college baseball games. And this podcast is about giving you a brief on of the somewhat important names which schools make the most sense as far as who you should listen to if you want to educate yourself on players that the Cubs might be selecting because frankly if you need your baseball fix starting on February 18th and there is no major league baseball until <laughs> I'm, I'm shrugging my shoulders you know I what March 23rd you know when, when are they going to start when are they going to start doing anything at all that actually resembles baseball with the major league club when, when is that even going to be contemplated I, I, your guess is as good as mine. But it's going to be a while. Enjoy your Snickers. Maybe you grabbed, <laughs> maybe you grabbed two bars. Um, so, Major League stuff won't happen until whenever it does. Minor League Baseball, you might have a ramp up of Minor League Baseball in certain cities with certain teams with certain sports networks i don't know seems like it would be a smart idea to me to have a couple people down there and hey we're going to show you some videotape and interview some players and you know since mick gillespie is not going to be doing cubs games have him interview some people on the cubs backfields Alex Cohen, hey, you want to interview some people that might, you want to go interview Brendan Davis at Spring Train? Yeah, sure, why not? Seems like it'd be a good idea to me. You know, put them up in a hotel for three or four days, have them interview 10 or 12 people. You got some, you got some stuff to put on video. You're good. Seems like it makes sense to me. I don't know if anybody else would be interested, but do the same thing with uh, South Bend. Do the same thing with Myrtle Beach. You get 10 or 20 guys that, hey, we got some interviews, we got some stuff backed up, we got some stuff backlogged, and we can use those as interviews whenever. Seems like an idea to me. But as far as actual games, minor league games will not be of any import until 
late the first week of April. So if you need a fix of baseball between April, uh, between February 18th and whenever there's anything else, it's probably going to be college baseball. And the Cubs are going to be drafting seventh in the first round. Now, in my Twitter, um, I decided I would ask people who, on my Twitter feed, who would get drafted first, in your opinion, in the draft, if we're we're going to be held very soon. First pick, uh, first selection, Termar Johnson. Second pick was Andrew Jones. Third pick was Elijah Green. Bit of a surprise. Fourth pick was Dylan Lesko. Bit of a surprise. High school, high school, high school, high school. All of the college names, for whatever reasons, so far have been being not entirely disregarded, but they certainly haven't been winning any votes. So, uh... For whatever reason, people are being very dismissive, my view, my take, on some of the players. Now, what I want to do is go through some of the names of some of the players that you might be eventually intrigued by regarding the seventh pick. Tell you a little bit about, a little bit of a, a thumbprint grade on their Baseball Network. Their Baseball Network, their Baseball Audio Network. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with sports radio networks. Usually, if you're watching a game on the television, a lot of times it is a national feed. ESPN national feed. CBS National Feed, um, WTBS National Feed, whoever it is. You have the national announcer. The national announcer is calling the game for everyone, and they are trying to be impartial between the two teams on the floor and also trying to not humiliate themselves and um, basically provide a good enough broadcast so that nobody's going to get pissed off at, oh man, you're trying to make our team look terrible. What that generally ends up meaning, meaning is you get a whole bunch of people on both sides saying, oh man, you guys are making our team look terrible. Because most of the time, people are used to listening to their own local announcers. Local announcers generally tend to put the positive shine on pretty much everything as best as possible. Now, you got a basketball team, you get stomped 97 to 51. There's really not a whole lot of shine to put on that. Now, if you get spanked, you get spanked. It's really difficult to, you know, when you get slaughtered, it's really hard to walk out saying, hey, but there were a lot of really good things that happened when we got beaten by 40 points. Really tough to do that. 
But it's a lot easier to at least start to go there if that is your starting point. And if you are having your announcer, your announcer who interviews your players and knows your players and prioritizes your players and wants your players to get drafted in the draft and have professional careers and have lineages and people 16 years from now talking about, I remember the day back when has scored 37 points and whatever. That's what announcers want when they are running a network basketball network football network baseball network whatever so usually with the large schools power five plus power five exists in baseball uh, in basketball and football but not in baseball in baseball it's only a power four because the big ten really doesn't care that much about baseball they have proven that time and again but in football When you have a Michigan, you have an Ohio State, you have, heck, you have Iowa, you have Illinois, you have Minnesota, you have your football schedule, you announce your football schedule, and the games are sold out. No, 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 you don't wait, they just sell out, the games sell out or virtually sell out. You know, you might not sell all the seats, but you're selling most of them. So you have a 60,000 seat venue by the time the games start up, especially if the team is somewhat decent. You're selling 53, 54,000 seats. You really don't have to worry a whole lot about, well, how are we going to be able to afford to have a radio network? Because if you have 53, 54,000 fans who want to show up for every single game, regardless of what's being charged, they will probably tune in to the radio network, have the video on the television, but they will have the audio of their announcers because they want their announcers to tell their story in their fashion, and they don't want to have to put up with some national knucklehead telling them that their bitter rival is a quality program. They don't, they, people don't want to hear that. People generally want to hear, this is my announcer, this is my team, this is my school, and we are fantastic. One of the audio programs that I love to listen to is the Georgia Bulldogs. They don't have anyone listed on my, the top of my list. But their radio, their baseball radio broadcast is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. The main announcer and the um, color commentator, they banter back and forth. They banter with the crowd. or they, they banter with the audience. They do the back and forth. Hey, yeah, we got something from this guy from out in New Mexico. Well, we got to add New Mexico to our list of states that have checked in this year. And... It is a very positive experience listening to a Georgia Bulldogs college baseball game because their announcers do such a nice job. So when I had the opportunity a couple years back when Georgia's baseball team was really good to listen to Georgia baseball broadcasts quite regularly, it was quite fun because, first off, they had some really good players on the team, and second off, their announcers were awesome. So... 
when you get the opportunity to listen to some really good announcers announcing some really good baseball, if you're a baseball fan, that's kind of a win-win. But baseball isn't necessarily a major sport everywhere. Football isn't even necessarily a major sport everywhere. If an athletic department is going to, I'm going to use the word, some of you might not like it, if the athletic department is going to make money having a baseball network, they will have a baseball network. They're going to make money, they will have a baseball network. If they're not going to make money by having a baseball network, they won't have a baseball network. They're not doing this as a charity. The baseball, the athletic department wants to make money. And if the athletic department will make money by having a baseball network, they will have a baseball network. If they wouldn't, then they won't. So generally, it ends up being the bigger schools that have baseball networks. Generally, 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 generally. And teams that do not have big schools, big listenership, big alumni programs, all that kind of stuff, then it's less likely they will commit much effort to baseball. Getting back to football, getting back to basketball, when you already know you're going to basically sell out most of your games anyway, it's really easy, it's really nice to assume we're going to have a a basketball network, we're going to have a football network. But if you're one of those schools who doesn't really draw that much for football. You're not necessarily going to have a national football network. You're just not necessarily going to have it. You might have somebody calling games locally on a radio station, but you're not necessarily going to have a radio network. And some of you are saying, well, what do you mean? Why would you not have a whole bunch of... um, Fans of the game. Uh, My brother went to Luther College in Decorah, Iowa. Don't know if you're familiar with Luther College in Decorah, Iowa. But Luther College in Decorah, Iowa doesn't draw football fans. They, you know, kids go. Think the tickets are free if they want to go. And, you know, they get 2,000 people, 3,000 people showing up maybe. But there's no real interest because, well... Their team isn't really all that good. They're not going to go to a bowl game. They're not going to have people who are playing in that game that are going to be playing on Sundays next year. So there's really not a whole lot of interest in going to Luther College football games necessarily. So if you're not going to Luther College football games and you're not going to Luther College baseball basketball games, then you're not going to have a Luther College baseball network either. Seems reasonable, yes? So this is a long-winded version of getting to one of the top bats in the college draft in the baseball draft this cycle. On the college side, college offensive side is Chase DeLauter, a center fielder, left-handed hitter, um, up toward the top of the prospects, offensive prospects. Uh, James Madison University. James Madison University, I don't know what their football attendance is. I don't know what their basketball attendance is. I was asking my brother 
about James Madison, oh, what, last weekend. He said, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with them. Every three, four years, they make it in an NCAA tournament. And that's pretty much what a lot of people would know James Madison from. Yeah, occasionally they have a decent basketball team. They get in as the uh, 15th seed or the 14th seed, and they get spanked by uh, (laughs) a really good team by 32 points. And the announcers put a brave face on it and say, well, they're getting better or something like that. <laughs> um, James Madison does not draw a whole lot of people for their football games. They do not draw a whole lot of people for their basketball games. Their basketball football network is, you can watch on our basketball football network if you pay us money. Yeah, there's a paywall in front of their Football Basketball Network, because they figure sometimes people might be interested in watching instead of going. And they would allow people to watch instead of go if they pay a fee. And I'm completely good with that. You know, they can do that. I'm not going to pay the fee. But yeah, I can completely understand why a school that doesn't draw a whole lot of fans would have a paywall in front of their football, basketball network. And when you're in a situation like that, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of people showing up to watch your baseball games. If you're not having a whole lot of people showing up to watch your baseball games, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of people clamoring to, I want to listen to your baseball games. I want to listen to your baseball games. So if one is giving out grades for media coverage of players atop the collegiate angle of the draft board, James Madison University, Chase DeLauder, they'll get an incomplete. They don't. They just don't cover. Fortunately, early on, they play at um, Florida State first weekend. So I will be listening to the Florida State feed, and the Florida State feed is very serviceable. I won't say that the Florida State feed is, hey, cool, I get to listen to the Florida State announcer. I I, I wouldn't say that. He's competent. He's useful enough. But uh, he's he's not anything ideal. But he would be able to tell me how the Florida State pitchers, who are generally considered reasonably good gets in either 2022 or 2023, the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday starters who will be facing Chase DeLauder. Getting information from him on how his team's pitchers are doing against Chase DeLauder will, like, 17 times my knowledge on Chase DeLauder. Pretty much whatever he says. And if he's doing a good job of it, he might kick it up to 50 or 200 times. Because... I really don't know much about Chase DeLauder, but I've been told, yeah, you're supposed to pay attention to Chase DeLauder because he did really well in the the prestigious, I'm required to say prestigious, Cape Cod League. So since he did well in the Cape Cod League, you have to know about him, and here's what you're supposed to know. And my response is, eh, I'll wait until I hear a game. I'll wait until I hear a game, and hey, cool, he's playing against um, Florida State, and a little bit later, he's playing against Tennessee. I will have five games of knowledge of Chase DeLauder, hopefully, 
before the game get the before the season gets too far along and off of that i will be able to more effectively discuss chase delauder jace young is a second baseman for texas tech jace young's brother is a highly ranked prospect in the Texas Rangers system. Not Jace, but Josh. So you're required in the Young family, apparently, you have to have a J first name to go with your J last name. Josh Young is a third baseman. Jace Young is a second baseman. Jace Young, following Josh Young, who is top 60 now in MLB.com. I haven't checked anybody else to see if he's higher than that with someone else. Um, he's a guy. He's he, he's a definite guy. And if you have a situation where there is an infielder that has positives offensively and isn't entirely competent, uh, isn't entirely incompetent defensively, yeah, I'm kind of interested in it. So I want to hear more Texas Tech games for two reasons. One, Texas Tech might have a better radio crew than Georgia. That is eminent praise. That is, you don't get baseball announcing crews better than Georgia very often. Texas Tech, they're that good. They're possibly better than Georgia at announcing baseball games. They are fantastic. So if you decide, I'm going to choose which potential Cubs draft prospect I want to follow based on who Tim says has the best announcing crew. Try Texas Tech. Start with Texas Tech. I'm not going to say you will like them. I have a friend who is very, very, very finicky regarding people's voices. Their voices either turn them on or turn them off, and it's not a case of you can put it into a sentence to determine if the voice is going to be acceptable or not. It either works or it doesn't. If you flip on to the Texas Tech game, and for whatever reason, oh my goodness, this guy's I I, I can't I can't listen to this guy. He Okay, fine. <laughs> I, I I'm good with it. I'm still going to love their broadcast. They have a very cheerful, very pleasant um guy in charge, and their second in command um knows his place, chips in where he's supposed to, and if Texas Tech is losing seven to one the fifth inning. You'll know why. You will know why. <laughs> They're not going to hold back. <laughs> they will tell you why it is. <laughs> We're swinging at garbage. We're swinging at way too many pitches in the dirt. We haven't made a decent play defensively all day long. We have five errors and we deserve to be down seven to one. Whereas if they're up 12 to 2, well, you'll know why they're up 12 to 2 as well. They will explain to you what's going on on the field. You don't have to watch. They will tell you. 
So if you happen to be like mowing the lawn or drinking some tea out on the porch or whatever, you got a Texas Tech baseball game on, listen to a ball game, take copious notes on Jace Young if you decide you want to do that, and you might have a new favorite baseball broadcast team to listen to. Whether you buy into Jace Young as a good pick at seven, I'm good with it. I think so far, at least as of now. Whether you're good with Jace Young as a pick at seven, listening to Texas Tech will educate you. And if you end up getting into a situation where, man, this guy for the other team, he's doing really well against Texas Tech. Well, jot down his name too. Jot down his name too. Maybe that's a guy that the Cubs should be interested in as well. It's not a we are only following teams to understand the one guy that we're paying attention to. It's a broad thing. It's a broad thing. Which guy to you in this game sounds like, or watches like, or plays like, wow, I want this guy in the Cubs organization. After all, you're not going to have Cubs games for a while. You're not going to have Cubs minor league games until April. You're not going to have Cubs major league games until they end the lockout. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Gavin Cross is an outfielder for Virginia Tech. Mason McRae tells me that this year he is going to be trying center field, which um, is an idea. I don't know that he will be good enough to play center field. He'll probably be able to play uh, play center field well enough to play it in college. I don't know if he will be able to play center field in college well enough to get teams to believe that he can play center field at the um, upper minor league levels. But yeah, you stick him in center field. How's he do? Track his, you know, how's he? Is he tracking fly balls? Is he getting good reads? Um, Single to right center, are runners going first to third on him as if he has a horrible throwing arm? All that kind of stuff. Gavin Cross is a left-hander, has a bit of a hard time with slop from left-handers. I've seen that. Um, Mason McRae, whose opinion I heavily value, uh, admits, yeah, there is a bit of a concern on that, but... Um, it doesn't seem necessarily to be too huge of a concern because Gavin Cross is second on Mason McRae's draft board. So, uh, yeah, it, it, Gavin Cross will be a person worth following. Virginia Tech, their baseball audio, I'm going to give them an incomplete as well. They might actually have a baseball network with baseball in the ACC. Sometimes it's a little bit sketchy. Because sometimes you'll have a baseball radio network, but for one reason or another, this game or that game gets preempted because, well, we got a basketball game going on. We're going to cover the basketball game, or we have this um, women's volleyball game that we're going to cover. And that, and I just have never gotten a proper read, a proper handle on the West Virginia baseball audio. If it's there, and I'm not even sure that it's there, so it's uh, it's questionable. But as the baseball season rolls around, 
if Gavin Cross is the guy that intrigues you the most, and he very well could. After all, he is second on Mason McRae's list. It would probably be a good idea to have a decent read on is Gavin Cross any good. Listening to Gavin Cross games is probably a rather wise idea, and Virginia Tech has a tendency to play games against other teams that will have baseball networks. So you can listen in on Gavin Cross games or watch Gavin Cross games. Take notes. Take notes. Take notes. Is this a guy you would want the Cubs to burn a seventh pick in the first round on? Let me know your ideas. After all, you're not going to have a whole lot of other baseball going on in February or probably into at least mid-March. You're just not. It's not going to be there. Other names I've seen at top lists. Kevin Parada, a catcher for Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has a rather good baseball network. Listen to them. Enjoy it. They're really good. They're not as good as Georgia. They're not as good as Texas Tech. But if you are a Kevin Parada type, definitely listen in. With Parada, one thing to keep in mind, if the draft is in July, he is draft eligible. If the draft is in June, he is not draft eligible because it's based on years of service and when you were born. So uh, if it is a July draft, Parada will be old enough, 21, to be selected. If it is a June draft, he will be a second-year player that is 20 and not eligible for the draft. Um, who else do we have? Cross, DeLauder. I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing on um, Chipola. There's there's nothing. You know, you you might be able to get a sort of a um, James Madison football baseball sort of a network where you pay X number of dollars and you get to watch certain games. And if you want to do that, hey, knock yourself out. Knock yourself the heck out. I'm not I'm not planning on it. Um, let's see. Carter Young, Y-O-U-N-G for Young, as opposed to J-U-N-G for Jace Young. Carter Young is a shortstop for Vanderbilt. Seems to be totally capable at shortstop, at least for now, as to whether he will be totally capable of being a shortstop at the major league level. Eh, not, not really sure. Vanderbilt's <coughs> radio network through the years has been erratic. They've had a network and sometimes it's been absolutely god-awful. Sometimes it's, a, it's been unlistenable because, again, you know, when you have somebody who's just not announcing very well, it's very tough to listen to. Sometimes it's been per perfectly fine. With the SEC, usually the other team will also have a radio network, so if you just absolutely can't stand the announcer on the Vandy side then you might be able to pop over to the other side and listen to how is how are things going from Oppo Radio. And Oppo Radio is sometimes more informative than radio because you hear different things. One out west option, Brooks Lee from Cal Poly. They have a baseball radio network. This I know because I looked it up about a week ago.
and I can listen to Cal Poly baseball games. I don't know that I ever have. I'm not going to say that I haven't, but Brooks Lee is a shortstop with some pop, and I think Brooks Lee is top three, top four on Mason McRae's list. He might even be... I think he's top four. I think he's top four. Has the... Probably can stick at shortstop. Has the... Can hit. Switch hitter. Makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world from a Cubs perspective at 1.7 because he is a college player. He's about ready to start playing college uh, pro baseball anyway. There will not be any case of um, him holding the team hostage because if they don't give him X number of dollars, then he's going to go to Vanderbilt instead. No, he. this is his third year. He's, he's ready to go. So if the Cubs would select Brooks Lee at 7. They would probably get him for a slot value at around 7. And he'd be ready to go, which would be pretty much ideal, regardless who the Cubs are looking at. The Cubs, to me, it would make sense, lean college bat first. College bat first. Probably get a bit of safety. Probably get someone who can be to the major leagues in not too incredibly long of a time and probably won't cost a whole lot, which would mean they could uh, fidget around the next time in the second round, in the third round, and make an aggressive selection in the second round or the third round or possibly both and take advantage of their um, spending pool and get some quality a bit later on. So yeah, to me, it would really make sense for the Cubs to locate the better offensive players in the college section of the draft in June or July. I'll throw in Peyton Graham. I'll throw in Peyton Graham. Third base for Oklahoma. Uh, Fangraphs is completely in on Peyton Graham, third baseman. Uh, other people seem to be less in on Peyton Graham, but Fangraphs has been in on Peyton Graham from the very start. And if you're thinking, you know, I'd kind of like to listen to a Big 12 game, generally stuff in the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, you'll have a radio network, you'll have a reasonably decent radio network, and if you're listening to the radio network, it's generally kind of educational. Back in the day, I listened to some uh, Jonathan Gray games when he was at Oklahoma. Their network was fine then. I see no reason that the Oklahoma network would be bad. And if you decide you're a Peyton Graham guy and you want to have Peyton Graham as your number one or your number two, and you decide, hey, I'm going to listen to, for instance, I'm going to listen to Chase DeLauder if I can get a Chase DeLauder game. But if I can't get Chase DeLauder, I'm going to listen to Peyton Graham until Brooks Lee's game starts. See how that goes? You have, okay, going to listen to this if, it's any, if it will actually play. 
And if that doesn't, then I'm going to listen to this until I'm going to listen to that. That is, you know, planning ahead, looking ahead, seeing who's who, who's going to be playing against whom. Oklahoma, yeah, that, that's probably a generally good network. They would probably do a decent job of walking you through. Is Peyton Graham somebody the Cubs ought to consider at 1.7? Or is Peyton Graham somebody that the Cubs probably ought to avoid at 1.7? So, as you are looking forward to, or not looking forward to at all, a spring with no Major League Baseball spring training, there will still be baseball. There will still be games going on that have people watching, and decisions are going to be being made that will eventually have somewhat of a hinge effect on whether the Chicago Cubs are effective or not on into the future because of assessments of those games. Chase DeLauder, if you can find a game that he's playing in and they have and there's an audio network telling you what's going on or a video network telling you what's going on, take full advantage. <laughs> it's not going to happen all that much. Jace Young, thumbs up totally and completely. Brooks Lee, I don't know how the Cal Poly Baseball Network is going to be. I will find out in about two weeks. Um, Virginia Tech, um, I don't know. I'm really not familiar enough with their network to be able to tell you what you will be learning about Gavin Cross from the Virginia Tech Radio Network. Uh, Do the research, wherever it is that you do your research, wherever it is. (coughs) And who are the 10, 12, 14 guys, hitters, pitchers, combination thereof, but mostly college, the guys that make sense to you. The guys that are interested. Hey, I ought to check out this guy. I ought to listen to this guy. I ought to watch. I ought to see this guy pitch against Vanderbilt. Or whatever. Do the research. Check into what you value. And find a couple of games. Because you're not going to have Cubs games that you're watching. You're not going to have Cubs games that you're watching. For a while, if you need your fix of baseball, the best way to do it over the next month will be college baseball. And Division One college baseball starts on February 18th. Don't worry. I know February 18th sounds really bad for baseball. But most of the games played on February 18th will be down south so at least it will be less horrible than it is right now in illinois i think the last time i checked it was like seven degrees something like that yeah you're not going to play in that you're not going to play in that unless it's a game against was it honduras honduras and minnesota playing to get a world cup bid yeah you're not going to play baseball in that. you might play soccer but um do the research. Find out which players intrigue you. And 
whichever players intrigue you, dip in on their networks. Audio network, video network, Twitter feed. Find an interview with the guy. Find an interview with Brooks Lee if he's your guy. Listen to an interview. You sound like a jerk. You sound like he's a good team player. Do the research. You're not going to be doing too much research on the Cubs for a while unless you're pot committed to doing a whole bunch of research on a fantasy baseball team in a season where there might not be a fantasy baseball team because there's not a fantasy baseball season. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you, you make the decision for yourself. Sometimes I get into a situation where I get in trouble where I tell people, hey, you know, this is the thing you might want to do. And, well, you're telling me I have to do that. Well, no, I didn't tell you you have to. Something you might want to do. And, um, yeah, if you want to know more about the players that the Cubs might be drafting in June or July, do a little bit of research before Major League Baseball gets going on some of the players that are possibly going to be getting selected by the Cubs. And who knows? You might like it. Thanks for stopping by.